0: Would you rather be the Chicago Bears or the Carolina Panthers for the next five years? We're going to debate that and more on today's edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Let's roll. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in to a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. I am one of your hosts, Tyler Rowland, local expert for the Locked On Titans podcast. Here with Alex Clancy, local expert for the Locked On Cardinals podcast. We're going to be getting you guys ready for week 10. We're going to be talking about the Chicago Bears and the Carolina Panthers playing on Thursday night football. And look at the future of both these teams. Also, what are the best games of the week? And then finally, could we see flag football for quarterbacks in the NFL in the near future? We're going to talk about why and how. But before we get into that, I do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by Prize It's crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So make sure you tune in to your favorite team show so you can get some behind the enemy lines information. Also, Prize Picks is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code locked on NFL, all lowercase. For a first deposit match up to $100. Thank you for making the Locked On NFL show your first listen each and every day. Remember, Monday through Friday, NFL content all year long, all apps, always for free. Not going to beat that anywhere else, so make sure you get subscribed. Stay subscribed. But, Alex, I think it's fair to say this is not one of the most riveting Thursday night football games that we have had the privilege to break down. We have the 1-7 Carolina Panthers at the 2-7. and seven Chicago Bears. Now we have heard from the Bears that Justin Fields is doubtful. Doesn't look like he is going to return for this game. So we are going to get uh Tyson Badgett against uh the Carolina Panthers, Bryce Young, two rookie quarterbacks going out. And not the not the rookie quarterbacks that we necessarily would pick to see, but nonetheless, some intrigue there. Um, I, I think as we talked about before, the outcome of this game, I'm personally thinking that the Chicago Bears still find a way to win at home. Do you think the Panthers pull up the upset here?
1: Uh, yeah, I do. And and the weird part about this is because the defense, the Brian Burns is is hobbled, but the yes. deep, like this is going to be a defensive battle. It's going to be kind of a muck fest as I've, as I've called it. Um, this is the Chicago bears for the Chicago bears. I mean, they're, they have both of these draft picks in the game for 2024. So I don't know if like, if let me ask you this. Cause like, yeah, the game is going to be gross. Um, There may be a defensive touchdown. You know, we'll see what the run game is going to be for both teams. Uh, We'll see if DJ Moore can break loose. Banjan has shown that he's at least a somewhat capable quarterback. He turned the ball over a million times uh, last week. But he seems a lot more capable than people thought he was going to be coming out, you know, when Justin Fields getting hurt. The interesting part about this is like, so if, say you're a Bears fan, okay, would you rather Carolina win? So you both stay at two wins or start to see the separation where Carolina loses and the bears win. So the bears, you know, uh spot gets a little bit better. Like mm-hmm. which would, before we pivot into like the future, w- which would you rather see for tanketh
0: 2024? Carolina having well, one win and Chicago having three or both having two. Okay. So quickly, well, I'll touch, I'll touch. I have a thought about Bryce Young and, I just want to say this real quick. The narrative on Bryce Young right now is down. A lot of people are down. People are talking about Will Levis is already better. CJ Stroud is definitely better. Did the Panthers totally mess up, given, you know, and maybe they did. But if Bryce Young comes out here on the road in Thursday night football and pulls an upset and leads the Panthers to a victory over the Bears, I think that could quickly turn, you know, the feelings overall about Bryce Young. So that would be big for him. But as to your question, if I'm the Bears, I would rather win. I would rather keep Carolina as as little wins as possible. I think when the Bears get Justin Fields back, they're going to win a couple of games. I don't think the Bears are going to have one, two, three wins. I think the Bears are more like a five, six win team, four, five, six win team. And I don't think the Bears are going to have the opportunity to have the number one overall pick again. I think if you're the Bears, you want to beat the Panthers, and you're betting on the Panthers, having the worst record in the entire NFL the rest of the way. So you may have seven, eight, nine in the draft. But if you also get number one, that, that would be absolutely huge. So I think for the Bears, they would rather win the game even though their wins go up and hurt their own pick, keeping the Panthers in the basement and banking on that pick being the best in the NFL, whether you trade it, whether you use it. We could talk about that now, but I think the Bears should want to win and keep the Panthers in the basement. Yeah, I
1: like it. And, you know, it's funny, and I've talked about Bryce Young like this. He's the Greg Maddox of quarterbacks. We'll see. Right. He's never going to throw the ball the farthest. He's never going to be yep. the fastest. He's yep. never – but his pinpoint precision is what many quarterbacks in this league, some top-tier guys, struggle mm-hmm. with. So if you're yep. really going to bank on that and not really have that true vert- verticality of an offense, mm-hmm. which you don't need in the NFL – you just need right. to have that precision to move the ball down the field. He'll be fine. CJ Stroud shot out of a cannon. We knew that. Yeah. We we're like, why is this even a conversation? Have you we talked watched-
0: about that on this show during the offseason?
1: Yeah. We were Stroud. Yeah. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? Nobody expected that, but and, and as this is getting away from us, but Tyler, let me ask you: next five seasons: mm-hmm. Chicago Bears, Carolina
0: Panthers, the five-year plan. Which would you choose of these two teams? I would rather be the Chicago Bears, and at the end of the day, what it comes down to is Bryce Young in college was great. He was pinpoint accurate, but he was so good at operating outside of structure, playmaking, Sandlot style, and at his size and in the NFL, you just cannot live on that the way that he did in college. So for me, I guess, you know, maybe it's too early to do this, but at the end of the day, I'm just not a believer in Bryce Young as a franchise quarterback. Like, I think he could be a a solid quarterback, but I don't believe – that he's a game changer. I think he's a trailer more than he is a truck. And I think the bears have the Panthers pick. And if it ends up as the number one pick again, and the bears have that, they can go away from Justin Fields and go to Caleb Williams or go to Drake may. And, and at this point in time, I would rather take Caleb Williams or Drake may than Bryce young. So for me, it's that simple. I would rather be the Chicago bears. I think they have more on their roster to build around and flip it quicker If they get Caleb Williams and they can add a good receiver like a Keon Coleman or whoever behind Marvin Harrison Jr. you have, if they can do that or add wherever they need to on the offensive line, there's some good offensive tackles coming up. I would rather be the Bears right now because I think the Bears, I think the Panthers hired a midling coach in Frank Reich and they got, at best, a game manager quarterback. So I think the the ceiling is very limited for Carolina because the Bears still have some picks and they have more stuff in the future and they're probably going to get rid of their coach and maybe get a new one. I just think the future is brighter the Bears turn into a winning team quicker than the Panthers. That's how I feel about it.
1: The only problem is it's it's the Bears and true. they've never That's done That's true. That. Right. So this is right. and Carolina hasn't been the the pillar of winning. They've won a lot more a lot more recently than the you know the, the uh, you know the the quadruple doink was a few years back. You know, it, here's the thing is you're right. It should be the bears, but they haven't had a QB one ever. Like, I mean, ever?
0: Jim McMahon was the best they ever had. Yeah. And so, if we're honest so about it, you know, he was still just ever. the game
1: manager, you know, and they also had, you know, the, the 85 bears defense to, to, like, yeah, it's, he was yeah, Trent so Dilfer with
0: swagger, you know, what I mean that's that's what Jim McMahon was. Trent Dilfer was right, swagger, exactly. So.
1: Yeah, and you know you have Carolina, who you know they've never they're not a poverty franchise, right. but they're a C plus franchise. So it's six right. one, but the ceiling right now, you're right with Bryce Young and Frank Reich. I just think I let me put it this way: the only reason I would temper my judgment on saying the Bears, no question about it, just because they've got draft capital next year, Frank Reich. Builds a better ecosystem for Bryce Young to grow right? than anything Chicago has. And it's yeah. not close. Matt Eberflitz is not a great coach. Okay? You Doesn't say what matter. you want about Ryan Pace. We'll see what he does with these picks. Right. But I trust that Frank Reich has done it. Meddling, fine. How many bad coaches? How many bad quarterbacks? i take a B-minus coach over the unknown of whatever Matt Eberfliss is in Chicago. Right. Especially if you're bringing in a new quarterback, the offensive coordinator is going to be so massively important. You get both with Frank Wright. You get good enough. Yep. And a lot of times right. good enough is, a, is enough for a young quarterback to thrive
0: or as close well, to thrive think- as possible. I'm talking about a boom or bust scenario with Chicago where, yeah, they could hit. They could get a new coach. They could get that quarterback. They could, you know, change some things up and hit. But I think my scenario is definitely more volatile than what you're talking about in Carolina where there's a little more stability. So it's kind of a bank on either side. But with that being said, we are going to kick it forward. We're switching things up a little bit this week. We're going to do our favorite segment, the best games of the week, here in just a moment. And at the end of the show, we'll talk about the quarterback situation in the NFL. All-time record set this year in the NFL at the quarterback position. I'll tell you what that record is and why it might be a view of what could happen in the future. Before we get into all that, though, do want to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked on NFL is brought to you by DoorDash. For me personally, I cover the Tennessee Titans, so I know I want to get a local meal in Nashville delivered on DoorDash. I'm hitting up Acme Feed and Seed for some delicious brunch, some lunch, whatever you need. If you're wherever you are, you're going to be able to find some great local cuisine on DoorDash. DoorDash is always delivered for you. That's just a reality. Whether it's retail, whether it's grocery, whether it's restaurants, it doesn't matter. DoorDash will take care of you. And this weekend, football coming up, timeout, halftime, two-minute warning. It's a great time to queue up your order in the DoorDash app. And right now, you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. All you got to do is download the DoorDash app. Enter the code LOCKED23. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-23. Subject to change. Terms apply. Again, that's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app, enter that code LOCKED23. Subject to change. Terms apply. All right, football fans, we're going to continue today's edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. We just talked about the Thursday night matchup between the Bears and the Panthers, what we think about the future of those two teams and who we would pick. Me and Alex disagreed a little bit and went at it from two different perspectives. I think that's a great way to cover the topic completely and what could play out. But now we're going to get into some better football games. Let's just say that. Before we do, do want to thank you guys for making Locked On NFL your first listen each and every day. Make sure that you tune in on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel for Locked On NFL Kickoff Live. Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Locked On is going to be going live. Three great hosts. You get in-depth analysis from all the local hosts from Locked On NFL shows. It's the best place to be to get your gambling, your uh, fantasy just general matchup information. Uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, all locked on NFL YouTube channels. That's teams. Here, the national show. Doesn't matter. Make sure you guys check it out Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. But, Alex, our weekly disclaimer. Appreciate this. We're in week 10. There are less weeks of the NFL season left than we've already played. I, I mean, it's, it's we are past the halfway mark. Ladies and gentlemen, take a deep breath. Smell the roses this weekend. Enjoy the NFL football because it is going fast. But with that said, Alex, let's dive into some of the best games of the week. I'm going to come out swinging here. We got to go with a one o'clock game, the San Francisco 49ers at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars have won five straight games. They're six and two. They look like everything that people thought they would be coming into this year. The 49ers, on the other hand, have really slowed down, got off to a great start. I believe they've lost three games in a row now. And uh, there's questions about Brock Purdy. There's health concerns. Shanahan's starting to take some heat. For me, if the 49ers drop to 5-4, and four, we're going to have a different conversation about what their capability is going the rest of the way, which would be a surprise to me based on the strength of the roster. And if Jacksonville goes to 7-2, and two, beats San Francisco, another really good team, Work I, I, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Super Bowl contenders, and I put Jacksonville in there, and you gave me a little bit of pushback. And I'm not bringing that up to say that you were wrong about it. I'm just saying if they go to seven and two, don't you at some point maybe consider maybe they are? You know what I mean? At that point,
1: this is a big barometer game for them. Absolutely,
0: yeah. And and I think, both
1: teams, uh, both teams, yeah, right? And I think a lot for me has to do with Trevor Lawrence not putting up the gaudy numbers that star quarterbacks right. do nowadays but this is a Travis Etienne thing it's a defense and a Travis Etienne yep. thing I mean Travis Etienne if he does what he's done so far this year for the remainder of the season he will have a huge gripe for offensive player of the year I mean he's scored so many touchdowns long short all across the gamut all across you know the the entire spectrum of how a running back can score he's done it he seems to be proof positive coming out of college out of clemson after having after what he popped his yeah. Achilles his rookie year yeah. and then mm-hmm. that was it and then now he's been the guy so yes now pivoting to games like there are 11 main slate games let's just be honest Ooh. the three primetime games are awful so let's just remove those so you yeah. have unless unless you want to honorable mention buffalo and denver cuz if buffalo yeah. loses to denver yeah. our our um nostradamus combination here <laughs> two and a half years ago will be complete Um, That there's something wrong in Buffalo, and finally people are starting to catch on. But out of the 11 main slate games, eight of them are incredibly fascinating, and for different reasons. Like, for me, home cooking, Kyler Murray coming back, fascinating. The Falcons, we have no idea who they are. Taylor Heineke, true, they're back in full effect. Alex Clancy, I get to watch Taylor Heineke with actual weapons (laughs) in Atlanta. Uh, He looked good last week. Um, But, like, the main ones, Texans-Bengals, which is
0: just – Is Stroud for real? Is Stroud for real? Or did they just beat up on a Buccaneers team that isn't that good? Yeah. On the
1: road against my new Super Bowl favorite, Cincinnati (laughs) Bengals. And we'll talk about the Bengals enough. Joe Burrow, if you have, go to FanDuel right now and take your future on Joe Burrow MVP. Like, don't do it. Like, that's what I would like. He's the best quarterback in the NFL since he's been healthy. And it's Mm -hmm. not close. There isn't somebody else that's played as well as he has over well, the last Well, Lamar for Jackson, me. all right? I'm going to bring yeah, him but, up in just a second, but fair yeah, fair enough. And then, you know, so the other – okay, so I'll let you take that one. Uh, for me, Lions-Chargers is another one yes. where it's yeah. just – it's football porn. It's sports porn. This is what you want. These are the games that you want, especially – this is Saturday at the Masters. This is yeah. moving day. These next four or five weeks where you can make or break your season, even if you're three games out of the playoff hunt. So I am wildly – wildly interested, especially in that one from the Chargers' perspective, to see if they can win a game at home that will very much help their uh, their playoff uh, push
0: here. I think they do win. I, that's one of my upset picks of the week. Um, I mean, the Chargers are at home. They're 4-4. Four and four. St- Tough start to the season, but I think they're really rounded into form. I think the Chargers have the talent to be one of the better teams in the NFL. I think they are going to turn it around and make the playoffs. Uh, I think we talked about that when they were 2-4. and four. We were both pretty confident That they would find a way to turn it around. I think the Lions are a good team, six and two. I don't think that that's fraudulent in any way, but I think the Lions are much more a a six and three team than they are a seven and two team. And I think the Chargers are much more a five and four than they are four and five. But the one that I'm going to say last year that, you know, obviously we just talked about a second ago or mentioned is the five and three Cleveland Browns against the seven and two Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson might be the MVP right now. The Mm -hmm. Ravens look like they could be the best team in football. If you look at certain advanced metrics, DVOA, things like that, they're going to show that the Ravens are maybe the best team in football. And uh, the thing is, though, with how great the Browns' defense is, and Deshaun Watson looked good last week. Last week was one of Deshaun Watson's best games as a Cleveland Brown. He was delivering the ball down the field. His arm looked healthy. He looked good to go. So I think the Browns, with their defense, and a healthy Deshaun Watson feeling confident about himself can absolutely go into Baltimore and upset the Ravens. I think it's going to be tough to do, but an AFC North battle, it's going to be low scoring. It's going to be crazy. We're going to see some wild plays, and I just think the Browns, with the division familiarity, have the ability to go in and, and win this game, and the defense can limit Lamar Jackson. I lo- I like Lamar Jackson. I think he's been the MVP uh, so far. If I had to vote right now, but I'm still not fully sold by their skill position players. The mm-hmm. rotation at running back, Mark Andrews is obviously the best of the best, but Zay Flowers is slowed down as a rookie receiver. Bateman and Odell Beckham, while still talented, look slow to me. So I'm not, con- Baltimore is good and they find ways to win, but I'm not convinced that they're going to go in here and, or come at home and smash up the Browns. I think there's going to be a very close game, and I think the Browns could even win it.
1: Yeah. Look at Keaton Mitchell. Uh, He's starting to, he's your, he's one of the darling
0: fantasy Fantasy dynasty running
1: backs. Yep. Yeah. Um, The thing for me is Cleveland can hundred percent win this division with Deshaun Watson healthy. We are, we've gotten robbed of Nick Chubb with Deshaun Watson though. Yeah. We've been robbed because they would be a favorite to win this division and they've run the ball pretty well. You know, but Jerome Ford, like they're not, obviously it's not Nick Chubb. You have Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt probably wouldn't be there. You have Nick Chubb and you have this defense. Denzel Ward, remember when he got drafted fourth overall and everybody's like, yep. what are they doing? Why did what they drop Bradley well, Chubb? I think it's one worked of the best out quarters. pretty well. He's yeah. potentially the best corner in football this year Right. for one of them. Like, for sure. I don't root for Deshaun Watson off the field by any stretch because I think whatever it happened, it, he doesn't right. deserve it to do what he's doing. But because this is a football podcast, you're right. Last week, and I saw it firsthand because he played the Cardinals. He looked controlled in the offense. He threw two 50-yard ropes to Amari Cooper between, yes. you know, in, in coverage. And Amari Cooper is one of the more underrated receivers in the NFL still. For sure. So that is For an sure. offense that, on the heels of the defense being so powerful, could definitely go mm-hmm. in and get a dub on Sunday. For sure. Uh, with nice. that. Tyler, normally it's me that does the mystery segment. Tyler's going to take the reins next segment. Yeah. Um, I'm excited, so we're gonna we're gonna do the mystery segment. Something having to do with flag football and quarterbacks. I have no idea what the hell he's talking about, but I'll find out soon. Uh, first, this episode of Locked On NFL Thursday is brought to you by Jace Medical. Whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage. You're covered, my friend. Thanks to our friends at Jace Medical, life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply. Even ED generics for Cialis, Viagra, and and Revatio uh, prescriptions. So go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive a 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code Locked On at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace: "Quote: I'm thankful for the service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it." I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered antibiotics kit. Uh, I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. End quote. If you or someone you love would love to get peace of mind by having a year supply of, a- of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code LockedOn for twenty bucks off your purchase. <laughs> All right, Tyler, you're the host of Locked on Titans. I don't know if you knew that. I'm Alex Clancy. I'm the host of Locked on Cardinals. He is at Tic Tac Titans on Twitter, at Clancy's Corner for me. Thank you for making Locked on NFL your first listen free wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. You can do the same for all your Titans and Cardinals news. Um, We're just ramping up. And uh, yes, appreciate football. Damn it. This is my 10th week in a row saying this. Yep. This is the time of year that gets lost because you just expect it to happen every week. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, there's only eight more weeks of football.
0: Appreciate well, it. In the regular season, of course, we'll get the playoffs. But, I mean, everything gets pared down. Your favorite team may not be playing. Enjoy. Nine more weeks. Enjoy. Yeah. Well, it's week 10, so. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, yeah, 16 17, yeah, yeah, 18, yeah. Nine more weeks. Now we're doing math on a football show. This is off the rails. Anyway, this is one of these <laughs> these days where me and Alex could be on here for an hour. Going through all this different stuff. But we don't have an hour. A couple more minutes here. I just want to ask you this. Shout out to one of my friends, Pepper, who tongue-in-cheek brought this up based on some of the roughing the passer penalties we've seen. And NFL record. First time this has happened since nine of them started in 1950-something. Ten rookie quarterbacks will start a game in the NFL this year, NFL record. That is due to teams looking to get younger, but that is also due to injury. So the question that I have for you is, some of these roughing the passer penalties, if you would have gone back 20 years ago and showed somebody, hey, this hit will be a penalty in the future that will end your sack, keep the drive going for the offense, they would tell you there's no way. There's no way that would ever be a penalty in professional football. Mm -hmm. It's insanity. There's no way. So, I say that to preface this. Do you think that there will ever be a different way to sack quarterbacks? I put flag football in the notes, you know, a flag that you pull once you get close to the quarterback, whatever. Maybe if there's another option, you know, two-hand touch, you just get your hands on the quarterback, whatever. It would eliminate some of the best plays in NFL history where quarterbacks escaped sacked and plays were extended, blah, blah, blah. But the NFL is clearly, clearly prioritizing quarterbacks and they are willing to do it at the expense of, you know, the purity of the game. I guess you could say, I'm trying to find a way to word this. Do you think that there will ever be a scenario where The quarterbacks literally are treated different in terms of how you end the play, whether it be a flag, whether it be something else. Do you see the NFL ever going that far to protect quarterbacks with? Because one of the big things is NFL scoring is way down this year. Scoring is down. And a part of that is worse quarterback play and worse line play that leads to the quarterback injuries and all that. So I guess my question is, do you think the NFL will ever go further enough in this crusade against the defense? to truly eliminate contact with the quarterback in any way.
1: No, but I understand your point. Like, here's the thing. I've never been on the side of the NFL for this until week nine of this season, where it's, you know what? Maybe they should protect the quarterbacks more. And it's like, well, how do you do that? And this leads into this question. I'm glad you brought this up because I was already thinking about this. But the ripple effects would be as such. Edge rushers would get paid less. You wouldn't be able to do things on defense that is just natural to the game. Right. And once you mess with people's paychecks and bonuses and elevators and numbers you want to hit in an effort to prove you're all proneness or whatever it is, that's the ripple effect that you can't cross because that yeah. messes up with the business of people making money. Now, if they're finding everybody for a roughing the every roughing the passer call, that's different. They're not doing that. But what I think, the one thing that can be done is challenging, roughing the passer calls every single one that happens. It's right. not two where you it's get the third. Good. This is ancillary. This is completely different from challenging a a play call, the ruling right. on the field. This right. is judgment call that if there's a roughing the passer call and it's 15 yards on third and 36 because somebody – drove a quarterback into the ground who's smaller than the edge rusher, but it was clean, should be able to be reviewed. And it should be of no cost to the team who requested the challenge. Like they did with pass interference. This is a lot less, there are a lot less moving parts with roughing the passer than there is with a play potentially 35 yards down
0: the field with time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you there. I think one thing that we could look at is targeting in college football. Yeah. And they throw the penalty. They look at it. You know what I mean? I I think that that could be a way that they could treat roughing the passer because it is getting somewhat out of hand the way that it's called. And they either need to correct it and make sure that they're not calling bad penalties while they're doing it because the the heart of what they're trying to do does make sense and you get it. But it's cutting the other way when it's not done properly. And listen, it's hard to be an official. I feel bad for the refs. I mean, refs are regular people like you and me. They're not pro- top-tier, elite world athletes. Like, right. it's hard for your eyes to watch the game sometime on TV. Imagine the speed out on the field when you're just a, a regular dude who used to be a dentist or something. You know what I mean? So, for me, I think that the targeting rule in college could be kind of a a mold here where, hey, we're going to throw the flag. We're going to err on the side of caution. We're going to have the booth take a look at it real quick. Uh, it should be something that's reviewed at the league office quickly so it doesn't slow down the game too much. But... I think that what they could do is they could do it that way so that if you didn't commit the violation, you don't hurt your team. But then on the flip side of that, if you did commit the violation, double what the fines are right now. You know what I mean? Penalty even harder, but make sure that you're not penalizing people who didn't actually do the wrong thing. So I think that could be maybe a a half step going forward. But just something interesting that I wanted to bring up Again, Shout out to my friend. yeah. Um,
1: Yeah. No, and then, I mean, there's, like, you could do it, like technical fouls in the NBA. I mean, you get ten, in, you get ten in a season, you're suspended a game. Yeah, you're suspended a half or whatever it is. It doesn't have to be. Right. Um, it doesn't have to be out of your po- pocketbook. You know, it doesn't have to be. Out, who has a pocketbook? What is this, 1430s. It doesn't have to be your. You know, out of their wallet. But I like the targeting thing. And you know what? Just remember, first of all, these players aren't speed walking. They're running at 20 miles an hour to get a quarterback who lets go of the ball a split second before he comes into contact with them and it's a penalty. Okay. That's number one. Number two, football is a slower pace of play than baseball. So this game isn't fluid. It's not hockey. If you wait an extra five minutes or three minutes to replay a call, that can keep a team from giving up a third and 28 on a roughing, on a bad roughing the passer call. It's worth it. It's worth it. And then number three, with situations like this, you want to get it right. Always. You always want to get it right on personal foul calls. Always, always, always. So I think something should change, and I think that you and I have the two best ideas on the planet. There we go.
0: There we go. Uh, Well, Alex, that is going to do it for us today. Uh, We'll be back with you next Thursday. Make sure that you tune in on Friday for another edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Get subscribed. Stay subscribed. But uh, that is going to do it for us. And as I always say, start your weekend early and stay safe out there.